Episode 7, Casey Wright, Ninja Zone. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. All right, friends, welcome back to Gut Plus Science. Today, we are going to be diving into another key area of engagement, something we should be measuring and also building strategy around to continue to improve and get better. And I will say that after doing some research, I found that this is something so crucial, yet a lot of organizations are not putting a lot of emphasis on it. And it is personal growth and professional development. Employees are hungry for it. Employees today want to be maximized and they want to be their very best in their workplace and they're looking for development opportunities. Yet it looks like uh, not a lot of companies are spending a ton of time developing these programs. Actually, employees across America are saying that 74% of the time they don't feel like they have a clear path to develop themselves uh, from a personal growth and professional development standpoint. And, you know, we have to start on this stuff early because our window of time to engage people is super short. One out of five people are leaving in their very first year of employment. And so it needs to start with onboarding and it needs to become a theme and a part of your culture within your organization, adopting this growth mindset and just con- consistent addiction to want to learn and grow. So today I've got someone on the show that is a master at this and has grown an organization across the U.S. just over the past couple of years. Leveraging this is really her secret. And so today our uh, guest is an Olympic gymnast coach turned entrepreneur, nationally recognized 40 under 40 business owner. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today, Casey Wright. And Casey, I'm going to just dive into the very first question because I know you've done a great job of this and you've told me your secret is all around this growth and professional development area. But when it comes to having a distributed workforce, your people are everywhere. You are not sitting in offices together. You are spread out in a lot of different cities. How do you build a company culture when your people are remote and distributed? We communicate like crazy. And I I think that having the consistent schedule of communication when everybody knows when they're going to come together is super helpful. So whether that be through Zoom or Slack or whatever, just we are always, always communicating. And uh, weekly videos, we do a lot of video because things can be misconstrued through text. So we do a lot of FaceTiming and it's fun. And I think people really enjoy the flexibility of being able to work from different places. So they're excited to get on as opposed to walking into another meeting when you feel like you're in jail in an office. How often are you meeting collectively as a whole group, like where you've got peer learning going on on these tech uh, platforms versus you doing one-on-one time virtually with your leaders? The one-on-one time, it just depends on the role on how often we meet. So uh, with some people, it's weekly, some uh, bi-weekly, and then some even bi-monthly. So as far as our team, we have one all-team meeting on Monday morning that just gets us going. We go over critical drivers, and it's good. It's fun. And then we have, in our one central location, we have a monthly that everybody shows up to the same place. But as far as those teams, they break off, and I think that uh, everybody gets enough of each other. We'll just put it that way. 
communication is so key and figuring out the different platforms that your people are comfortable with so that it can make it, it makes it really easy, even though you're not sitting next to each other and just having that regular cadence where people are expecting, Hey, this is the time we're going to be on with the team. And this is how I need to show up. And other times, you know, based on the need of that individual leader is how often you're meeting with them. It sounds like some people need a lot more time, you know, with where they are on their development curve, maybe than others. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we actually, our entire leadership team read a book called Scaling Up, and we really have adopted the Rockefeller habits and are still, I mean, it's a long process uh, to get everything in place, but we've really kept returning to that and it's been an excellent foundation for us. So I would highly recommend it to to anyone. It's, it's just consistent and it's good. Casey, for anyone that knows you, I'm so glad that you brought that up about scaling up and the Rockefeller habits and things. I know you are a personal development addict. Like that is just, you just live that. You've always got a new book that you're reading and sharing many of those things. How do you infuse that culture, that mentality throughout your organization? Because I'm guessing when people first come into the organization as a leader, they're probably not on that same wavelength that you are because you're pretty... I mean, when it comes to personal growth and development, I mean, she is like on top of her game, guys. So how do you infuse that with your leaders? You just live it and it's authentic. And, you know, I remember the first, you know, personal development conference I went to when people are jumping around and, you know, music and dancing during the day without drinks. I was like, what is this? But once you just start living it, people get it. And when it truly is your life and you live it every day and you just keep spewing it, they really start to think about it and they embrace it. And I I think one of the greatest things about the growth of my company was that's really what made me dive into the personal development because I had all of these problems that I didn't know I didn't have solutions for. I didn't have experience. I didn't, I mean, there was so much I didn't know. And by being just completely vulnerable and really just exposing all of my weaknesses to as many smart people as I could, what I realized was one, you get a lot more help that way. And two, everybody's clueless in one way or the other. Like there's nobody knows everything. And I think just the more open we are to our weaknesses, the more we find out that everybody feels just like we do. And by doing that in front of my company, in front of my people and and letting them know, like, I don't know the answer to this. I've never done this before, but this is why I think it's this way. They've embraced it. And uh, it's, you know, I, I think some people would think you may lose respect, but it's it's actually worked very much the opposite. They completely respect my ability to say that I'm clueless. I know that when we were prepping this and I know about your journey of how fast Ninja Zone has just taken off, I'm sure a lot of your learnings have been by fire. Like you're just like, whoa, I didn't even see this coming. So with super fast growth, like some years 10x, like crazy big growth. What else came up for you in that very fast learning and probably like kind of like failing forward? What are some of those keys? I really became a learning junkie because I learned pretty quickly with the growth of the company. There were so many jobs that I couldn't even delegate or hire for or even outsource. You know, it's so easy for people to say, well, you hire someone for that or outsource that. Like if you don't know 
what the expectation of the role <laughs> even looks like. Like I, I didn't know how to do so much of that. And I think for me, it was just so much fun to dive in and just get a good idea of what was possible. And for an entrepreneur, like for me in, in tech, in the tech world, I knew nothing of, I mean, nothing. And I was forced by fire to jump in and figure out, you know, how my website worked at one time because it was down and I lost an employee and in the early days. But once I was in there and learned, I'm like, the possibilities then became endless. And so your ability to connect and create through those connections that you make by having to, you know, put out the fire, it's really great. I mean, it's opened so many more doors. Casey, we're going to take just a quick break and uh, hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. LHD is a full-service employee benefits firm that empowers their clients to make the best possible decisions for their employees, to define optimal objectives, monitor outcomes, improve health, and engage and advocate for employees and their loved ones. Visit LHDbenefits.com. All right, Casey. So I know this is probably going to be another loaded question because this is just so up your alley, but we all want to know as um, leaders of companies, like what are our peers reading or what is a book that you're just like, if you haven't read it, you need to read it because it's going to help you take your company to the next level or just mindset. What first comes to mind? The Vortex is awesome. Really with our leaders, we've done, it's been personal development stuff. The, the business stuff kind of comes second. Think and Grow Rich. It's kind of like the old classic. I've read it four times or listened to it. Um, the one thing that we do uh, is they can download audio and we are a, a fitness brand. So there are a lot of us, I mean, that, that we do for our personal development is we download audiobooks and we'll run or walk as literally as part of our workday. And what we've really noticed is a lot of us, uh, especially myself, I wasn't a reader in, you know, growing up through school, I would, I'd fall asleep. My comprehension wasn't there, but man, you put it on audio and get your heart rate up and my brain becomes a sponge. And it's happened with some of my other employees too. And it's just like a, you know, it's a twofer, <laughs> like they're getting exercise and they're feeling good and they're feeling like, you know, they're filling multiple buckets in their life and it's, it's they're building skills for the job. So I know I kind of took that down a different path. If you've got a leadership team and especially those that are spread out, but you're communicating regularly, like you talked about, you know, regular times, one-on-one -on -one or as a group, how do you download on the information that you're taking away? Do you have ways that you share key takeaways that you could inspire our audience to maybe take some of those ideas back to their sure. organization? Um, yeah. So I just basically have one spreadsheet with every person that I owe my attention to. And this was actually something that it, it stressed me out for a very long time until I figured out this system. Uh, one day I was on an airplane and I was stressed out and I literally started writing down the names of every person in my life that needed me, that like needed me and they couldn't use someone else. And I had personal, I had, you know, I had work and I have the, the multiple locations of the companies and, and then the clients. And so everybody had a list. And then I ranked those people in terms of how often does this communication need to happen? 
put them all in a spreadsheet. And so everybody has a life coaching doc, no joke, like that I, I took as a template and they fill it out at the top. And then it also has their roles and responsibilities and current expectations and projects that they're working on second. And then we just have a dual table that we fill in prior to the online meetings. And we're both staring at the same Google doc. And then we task from there. And then it just keeps repeating. So with some people, you know, I have this 100 page Google Doc, but it's every piece of communication we've had from the very beginning. This shared doc is tracking both like developmental opportunities and all communications. It's like one place that houses everything so that when you're on a call syncing, you've got it all in one place for both of you to reference. Yes. It's what we use for the the one-on-ones. I mean, that you know, the team communication happens with inside the projects and we use um, Asana for project management, which has been, that was a long learning curve. But honestly, that was the first time I really kind of had to put my foot down <laughs> in the company. And I said, look, this, like, we have to do this and we have to make it a habit. It's, you know, there's all kinds of tools we can use. But the fact of the matter is the ones that we pick, we have to use them. We can't dabble or it just doesn't work. When we started using Asana to really like everything goes in there, uh, if it's not in Asana, I'm not responsible for it kind of system, it it really started helping. But as far as the one-on-ones, that's an ongoing Google Doc that it's really super simple and it's just been really helpful because everything's right there in front of you. Casey, one of the things that we're really passionate on this show is about developing winning cultures and talking about different strategies to engage our people. And I always like to align on how my guest defines employee engagement. So to you and in your world, if I asked you to define what is employee engagement? I would just identify it as, do you feel like they're a fan of your company? Are they, are they a raving fan? Even if they don't you know, use the product or, or can't use the product, uh, are they your cheerleader? A lot of times we'll talk about in our world, you know, it's the amount of force that someone brings to, you know, like the energy they're bringing to the work that they're doing. And absolutely that translates into like the fan club. I, yeah. I, I love that. I always like to hear different people's definitions. So when it comes to the unique culture that you have created, like what stands out if I asked you, you know, how do you describe the culture at Ninja Zone? I think because we work in the children's space, I think we're very lucky in that everybody wants the best. It's a very, it's a, you know, it's a very easy common goal because the more work we do, the, you know, the more kids and families we get to impact. So what that has done for us is it's really brought people together that would not normally be be friends. They wouldn't normally hang out outside of work. And um, I know for me, it, it's just specifically with how much I love personal development and really getting to know people and how and and just what they're like and how they work and how they think and how people work together and different ways of thinking like that just fascinates me. I think the personal development leads us to reaching people on a deeper level and it's like all of the all of the social stigmas or or any kind of judgment just kind of falls off because we do go so deep so quickly like we're humans you know be nice and have fun i think that does a lot i really do i'm guessing that in your world you know affecting children and families there are 
awesome stories that of things that your employees are doing out there to impact the lives of many people. I wonder, what do you do for recognition and how do you collect those stories and share them? So talk a little bit on, on recognition of your great people. So we do, um, we do a couple of things. Uh, we have a wins channel in Slack, which I love because it's like our little brag channel and people will brag personally. They'll, you know, they'll brag about project goals or anything that happens. And I will say like, that's the one channel when it lights up, like everybody jumps on it to see, and it's great. So that is something we do on a daily basis. And then for me personally, I listened to a podcast and about a month ago and I forget who it was, but he used to work under Jack Welch. And he started writing handwritten notes to, it was, he was like the CEO of Home Depot or something. But anyway, he wrote handwritten notes to the people that he never knew. So I have about 150 employees, many of which I didn't hire. I don't know, but I will have part of what we do is they have the, the, we have like these little boxes where they can send in, like I noticed somebody, I caught somebody doing something right. And so then once a month, I have it blocked on my calendar. I spend 30 minutes writing notes and I mail them to their house. Like that in itself has just been, I mean, you know, I don't think I'm (laughs) the be all end all, but they do appreciate it coming from the CEO and to see that they're recognized. And that has been a major turning point, especially in the locations that I don't get to. Handwritten notes to employees sent to their home. That's cool. That's awesome. Probably displayed happily on the refrigerator and kids are inspired by it. I just love it. That's so cool. Casey, when it comes to measuring your organization's success, can you talk just a little bit about how do you do that? Especially when like trying to keep a measurement on how people, your people are performing and how they're doing and how they're engaging within your organization. Any tips there? I think that would actually go back to scaling up. Uh, setting annual goals, breaking them down quarterly, and you know, making sure that the projects that they're working on that they understand exactly how they're they're driving forward. One of the biggest things that we have done that's made the biggest difference, rather, is when we set any project, we always establish the why first. So before anyone is asked to do anything new, it is why are we doing this and what is the impact. And it's from a leadership position, that is your ability to sell that puppy to your employees and say, this is why we do this. Here are all the reasons why your effort is so purposeful and this makes a difference in our organization. And I think people sometimes skip that. So we start every project with the why and we start every project with the outcome. What is the outcome that we want to see? Not just specific to the result, but why do we want to see this outcome? What will this outcome bring us? And it's really been impactful because I think people drive forward for those things when they understand why they're doing what they're doing. Would you say that when you're setting those standards to help everybody understand why and get really clear on the outcome, is this something that you're doing individually with with people or you're doing this on a group like leadership call? How's that work? Uh, It would be, so it would be on a project basis. So every, you know, each project has an owner. And so for every project that we do or every, um, we have 
kind of our, our baseline, like our critical drivers that we'll never leave, the things that we have to do to keep the company afloat. And then we have all of the things that we're doing to keep the company moving forward. So kind of, you know, current operations and future operations and everybody on each of those projects, there is a why and what what we want that outcome to look like. So I don't deliver all of them, but on every project, that's the first thing when they set up the project is spend the time on the why. The other thing that it does for people is that if they're in multiple projects, they're able to really make connections. And so it cuts down on like lost information when they understand why it's happening. They can solve the problem. They can deliver information to somebody else in another part of the company because they understand why they're doing it and they're not just checking a box. I love that as a way to get them engaged um, from the very beginning, because, you know, we can tell people all day what to do, but unless they want to own it, and that's really like helping them own it to help them understand the why behind it. I love it. That's great. Casey, this has been awesome. I, we are we are loaded up with um, key insights that our uh, listeners are going to be able to take away today. Anything before we do wrap up and I share those key takeaways, anything that we missed that you wanted to make sure to share? Any key takeaways, books, inspirational uh, people in your life, anything else that you wanted to share? Just taking time for yourself and that, that personal care and diving in each day to really understanding how you are making decisions and with what emotions are you making decisions? Someone once told me, never do anything when you're too, like T-O-O, too mad, too happy, too angry, too frustrated, too drunk, too anything that you just, you don't make critical decisions that way. And since I heard that and I was able to really kind of uh, take a view of myself above myself to what I'm feeling in the moment, I'm much more aligned with my goals and I'm not a pinball machine moving faster, trying to go side to side to side. I'm just able to operate in more of a straight line. Purple Inc.'s customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purpleinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, this brings us to the Truth You Can Act On section of Gut Plus Science, where I am taking this action-packed conversation and summarizing it into some key takeaways that you can bring back to your teams or implement for yourself to be a better leader. So here's a couple of things we learned from Casey today. One is regular communication is so important. We keep hearing this as a theme uh, on many of our shows and having that one-on-one cadence that meets the need of that direct report. Like some people need a lot more support than others based on the season of time that that leader is in. This is the key, having a shared document that both of you can log into and be able to guide your conversation based on the last conversation and what you said you're going to work on. So wonderful for accountability, wonderful for keeping your meeting on track. I love that. Have a shared document like through Google Drive or something. Number two, 
be a role model in your personal development or professional growth journey. Make your journey public. Share what you're reading. Um, buy extra book copies and set them out for people and leave notes on them from you as the leader of the organization. Make sure that people know what boards you're participating in and what trainings you're going to. The more that they see you doing this, the more that they're going to want to step into it themselves. I love that. Also, as part of your personal growth journey, it's important as a leader to show weakness. And a lot of us as leaders don't do that because we think that people won't respect us. And Casey's saying it's done the exact opposite with her as a fast growing organization and just uh, rapid growth of people coming inside the business. A lot of times she just is very transparent and says, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. We're going to have to figure this out together and show some emotion around it and gets more buy-in from people because they realize she's human as a leader. I think that that is key. And then something simple, but really big, I bet from an impact perspective that Casey is doing is handwritten notes to employees and sending them to their home. So they're opening up their mailbox, their family is reading what this CEO or president is saying about their um, the, them as an employer or a leader in the organization. I think that that is absolutely amazing. So adopting the handwritten note to employees and sending it to their home, uh, I think that's incredible. So thanks again for joining us on our episode today of Gut Plus Science, and we'll see you again next week. Did we get that? Did we just change the world? <laughs>